Today's guest is George Collins. He is a porn and sex addictions counselor, as well as author of the book, Breaking the Cycle, which focuses on using strategies to get away from those compulsive behaviors. If you enjoy this episode, please be sure to share it with friends and family, as well as leave us some feedback at robsproblywrong at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind, and you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Well, we're joined here by George Collins. George is a uh, sex and porn counselor to help people with their addictions, as well as an author. And his most recent book is Breaking the Cycle, Free Yourself from Sex uh, Addiction, Porn Obsession and Shame. Thank you for joining us again, George. Yeah, good to be here. Um, Yes, the latest book actually is uh, Breaking the Cycle, the workbook. So um, the uh, original book came out about 10 years ago and shot to the, happy to say it, uh, number one bestseller. Uh, because it's plain talk. It's not some uh, sugar-coated kind of thing right. where, where uh, or psychobabble that you can't understand. It's pretty plain talk from a sex addict because I was a sex addict and a porn addict and lost two wives over this problem many years ago. But the new book uh, came out about a year ago and it's everything that I couldn't get into the 30,000 words in the original book because they gave us a word limitation and we had to chop out some stuff. So always bothered me that that happened. And it's a workbook, so you can actually, uh, the important thing is if you're thinking about what we're talking about, and if this means something mm-hmm. to you, get the big book first, Breaking the Cycle, and then uh, we'll go through that and see what you know. Uh, call us if you need to. If you have any questions, always you can call here. Somebody's going to be able to answer questions because this is a hard thing to get over. Mm-hmm. Sex addiction is uh, not like uh, food or alcohol or drugs, uh, there's no orgasm involved in food, alcohol, or drugs. So uh, it's uh, peak experience. Every time right. you have an orgasm, it's, uh, you know, it's not mashed potatoes, it's fun. And uh, people like them. So that's the payoff for sex addiction. Right. And and it's, you know, it's easily accessible, right? The, no the, yeah. the thing that, that every, every second, every right. second, uh, 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 there are, are uh, what, what is it? Every, every second, there's $4,000 being spent on porn oh, in the world. That's crazy. $4,000 a second being spent on pornography. Well, I was, I was talking with uh, my wife last night and there's, there's all kinds of things out there that, that, you know, normal people can access and they can, uh, you know, go online and they can get tons of money for people all over the world to essentially exploit themselves. Right, right. Now it's become, now it isn't just professional porn stars. It's the TikTok. It's the, it's mm-hmm. the girls uh, on, on uh, uh, just all kinds of girls on the internet are, are selling their naked bodies and, and will actually perform sex acts in front of you for money. And it's not in country consequential money it's like uh, five dollars a minute or ten dollars a minute for some of these people and even more 
So uh, in the old days of just picking up a porn magazine or getting a VCR or a DVD or even just watching some stuff on the internet, it's radically shifted. So uh, there's every, a bunch of people, even men are making a ton of money off, off uh, masturbation uh, in front of a camera. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how do you respond to that? And, and, and I think we talked on Friday, because this is a sort of second recording, about uh, what do you do in this society that's becoming over-objectifying of, our, of ourselves? Like, how do, you, how do you face that? Well, the problem that we have is that uh, uh, Madison Avenue and, uh, and, and, and uh, Hollywood figured out a long time ago, well, before them, but uh, Hollywood and Madison Avenue, which are big deals, the media knows that sex sells. So they're loading us up on, uh, on, on sex and the inference of sex. It isn't just half-naked people. It's right. the talking. It's the, it's the teasing. It's the intrigue. It's the excitement of building uh, an audience and, and people that purchase products through, uh, through sex. That's, that's a good point, because I wonder to what extent the, the media and, you know, porn and things like that has shaped how we see relationships, right? How we interact with other people. Well, uh, we're learning, we're learning to objectify and sexualize yeah. rather than understand intimacy. Into me, you see. I think I right. mentioned that the other day when we talked. Into me, you see. It's kind of corny, but it's it's a really nice uh kind of old-fashioned way of looking at, well, do you want to be with one person? Because when I was a kid, um, the other guys were saying, uh, talking about TNA, talking about butts and rear ends in the locker room and everywhere yeah. else. And the more sex you had, the cooler you were. Right. So we were brainwashed uh, in, into thinking that uh, objectification, sexualization, the size of someone's boobs or rear end, or, or whether they were easy to have sex with or not, that was a big deal to us at the time. And nobody taught me, including my parents, who were sick people, they were alcoholics, no one taught me intimacy. No one modeled it. Uh, my parents weren't loving and kind and sweet to each other. They didn't cuddle on the, on the, on the, uh, on the sofa while we watched TV. And, I mean, it wasn't, any, it wasn't nice. My father talked about extracurricular sex. I found his porn, and uh, you know, I, I I didn't take after him with the alcohol, but I did take after him with the sex. So because I needed a coping strategy, because my house was so screwed up and crazy that I needed to feel good somehow. And boy, I'll tell you, when you looked at one of those centerfolds uh, at the time, you know, the early Playboy magazines, right? You know, I felt real good. And and to think. It, it used to be magazines like you'd have to go out and buy one, but now it's it's like it's a click of your mouse. I started you know? out looking at Sears catalog bra ads and masturbating, and right. National Geographic's you know the right. native women in in Africa. Yeah, and, and, uh, that that was my rush, and then all of a sudden, bingo comes the uh, Playboy, and then came the penthouse, and then came the uh, what was that one? Uh, Larry Flint was a oh hustler, hustler, hustler. Yeah. yeah, that that's the one that broke it open, yeah, and, uh, and made it 
you know, made everybody, it was like a quantum leap. In, right. In its extremity. Yes. Wait, it's all working how so extreme it is. Vagina. Right. God. Yeah. Who knew? We didn't know. Well, the thing is, too, is that when we're engaging in this behavior, this obsessive neurotic behavior, we normalize it. But when we step back and like you say, you're looking at National Geographic magazines that are supposed to be educational and right. you're getting off to it. You think like, holy shit, like that's so messed up. Right. Yeah. I'm so messed up. And then you're breaking but down and then you're doing that. it again. Because everybody, you know, the, the, the protocol is that everybody does it. It's no big deal. Right. And, uh, you know, you tell your wife or your girlfriend, hey, get over. It. You know, it's just what guys do. Guys are just dogs. And uh, you can think that way, but you're going to lose the girl, get a divorce. Right. And end up a lonely old man in a dark room with your dick in your hands. That's, that's where I was headed. That's where you're going to be. And I have men call me that, uh, you know, in my book, uh, that that's a quote from a very famous guy from Hollywood that came up to see me one time. I almost pissed my pants when he said it, you know, tell the young men, George, he said, tell them if they don't stop this shit, they're going to end up lonely old men like me in a dark room with their dick in their hands. Tell them, George. Ugh. Well, the, the other thing too, uh, and, and this might be kind of an extreme thing to say, but you have, uh, Harvey Weinstein or whatever, right? Like their minds have been so warped by what they, th I'm just using his, him as an example, but they think that women are objects and, you know. And that's they have the money and the power to, to make women yeah. do what they, what, whatever they want them to do. Yeah. Our president, uh, our president seems to have done the same thing, apparently, from what I see. Um, you know, when he say grab him by the pussy. Yeah. Uh, that that, uh, that that's not a sweet, endearing, intimate <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. I, well, I do not talk about my wife that way. Let's just oh. we'll, we'll leave it at that. Right. <laughs> but and, and, and here's the other thing about that, about grabbing a woman by the pussy, that comment. There's been no consequences for him. Right. So what does that kind of tell us, too? Right. It tells you that you ought to follow suit and try and be like uh, like Harvey, like, well, Harvey yeah. got himself in a whole lot of trouble and he's in jail yeah. now. But, but uh, Donald Trump uh, seems to be able to Im be immune to, right. to uh, any, any, you know, people actually celebrate the same. Well, that guy gets a lot of good pussy. That's great. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, not okay with me because it's not sending a very good signal to, to uh, the public. I don't know whether in this segment we talked about the little boy that called me. Uh, Oh, that, that was in the second one. So, yes, so we'll, we'll get to that. Good memory, George. George, if you don't mind my asking, how, uh, how old are you? Uh, 77. So you've been doing this for over 27 years. 27 years have been doing this work. Yeah. 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 I didn't get well until I was 45 um, and I was a mess. Mm -hmm. I had two wonderful wives, two, two keepers, you know, two women right. that I would have stayed with. They were both. I looked like a school teacher from Peoria. But uh, but but I uh, I can talk the balls off a of brass monkey, so I was able to find <laughs> I was able to find women that would uh, would be with me, and I was a kind and generous man, except for my affliction, my addiction. That was so internalized, right? Uh huh. Uh -huh. And 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 it really is like a cancer, right? Like you did we talk all... about uh, did we talk about maternalization in this segment? Yes. No. No. Yeah. That's in the second one. Second so one too. We'll get okay, there too. Good, good. Yeah. Good, good memory, man. Well, the one thing that I, I loved and uh, I want to bring it up is Sean Pratt, who narrates the book. 
Right. And and how he really like you you have to hear the book. Like I'm sure it's great to read, but yeah. hearing the audiobook, you really get into like the the thought process of the psyche like come on it's fine like just go jerk off and then uh, go to work or whatever and and you're like whoa that is really kind of how our obsessive mind talks and thinks right right well, we, we normalize we normalize abnormal behavior and if you do it long enough it become you know becomes that you know that's what you become right you're not your mind though you're not your mind which is a concept that's in my book. And, and uh, you know, there are two things that I, that I talk about uh, that got me well. You know, this book isn't about helping people. It wasn't about helping people originally. It was about saving my own damn life. And so, uh, so I had to figure out because I couldn't get help from traditional therapy right. or, or religion or, or, uh, or, or uh, um, the 12 steps, the, the 12 steps was quite useful to me. The Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous and Sexaholics Anonymous and Sex Addicts Anonymous was, was good, uh, useful. It got me a little bit sober, but to get over the top, I really needed to know my own psychology. So what I studied in school and, and finally figured out was I'm not my mind, I can observe it because I am the only one that can fix this. And you're anybody listening to this, you are the only one, you are the only one that can fix this. There's no fancy weekend workshops. There's no uh, therapist that's gonna give you some kind of miracle cure. But what we do here in the book is about you fixing you. And, and I think that's such a good point because the only person you can control is yourself, of course. Absolutely. Right? And like you could be with a partner who's struggling with something. At the end of the day, it's on them to make that choice. The other thing too with this is with any obsession is relapse and and there there's a high percentage of relapsing and then we fall into the guilt and the shame of our relapse and then we're just right back to our addictions so what what's sort of your your advice on on relapses well if you do what we ask you to do which is to understand and we will help you with that the book will help you with that understand that you are not your mind. Your mind is just software. Right. And, and what you see here, taste, touch, and smell instantly turns into thoughts, feelings, and action, which makes us confuse our thinking with who we are. But who you are is something called conscious awareness. And you can observe your mind. When you get to observe your mind, it's like a porn filter. You can discriminate. You can say, no, I'm doing that. No, I'm not doing that. In a nanosecond, when you get a trigger like a babe walking by with or boost bobbing up and down instead of instead of uh, instead of following her or giving her your business card or thinking about her and going home and jerking off to her, uh, you your if you do what we ask you to do, your 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 conscious awareness will say, hey, that's not your business. Mind your business. Right. You've got other stuff to do. Yeah, and that's what we advocate. The second part is that you can fix it, and we use a dialogue. It's like a uh, like writing a new script for yourself. You actually talk to yourself. People say, if you talk to myself, I'll go crazy. And I say, no, friend, if you talk to yourself, you'll go sane. <laughs> so you will go sane if you do what we ask you to do. The two things, you're not your mind. And number two, you can fix it. You can fix it by dialoguing and sending those dialogues to us if you're working with us. If you're not working with us and you're listening to me and get the book, 
you need to be doing two and three and four dialogues a day. And it's in chapters two and three, it describes what dialogues are. Those are the things that got me well. Those are the things that got me to take charge of my life instead of being a slave to porn. Well, um, there's one thing that I've noticed in my life. And, you know, if I'm at the gym, right, and I'm working out and there's, you know, people dressed in all, all kinds of wonderful clothes, right, showing off their bodies, it's that second look. Like, I can look at a person, but it's the second look where the objectification kind of comes in for me. Right. And that's when I, I use one of your strategies, the beard test. Right. And it's like, I don't know, it just, it actually, it, 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 it it's rewired my brain because instead of just, and then going into the, whatever, my fantasies, right. I think, and, and, and that, that sensory sort of input brings me back to where I need to be. So thank you for that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of little tricks like that. Yeah. My you know, tricks or the beard test and, and uh, don't, don't uh, uh, first thought wrong, second thought, right. And, and so what what you're sometimes doing eighth, you're, eighth thought wrong ninth thought right? yeah. it's sometimes it's your eighth thought is wrong yeah. the ninth you, one is right keep catching it you keep catching it. sometimes right. it's second thought wrong sometimes it's third thought wrong but if you're conscious enough to notice that you're straying you're starting to move in a direction where you're not going to be happy where you're because every time we have an orgasm off, off porn there isn't anybody that doesn't feel like a damn scumbag mm. a little bit and if you're married and, uh, and you have a beautiful, loving wife and a bunch of kids, uh, you really feel like a scumbag because you wouldn't want your kids to do this shit. You wouldn't. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you, you call, know, you know, look at yourself. Yeah. Do you want your son or your daughter to act like this, hiding in a dark room with a, mm. with a, with a couple of tissues and a, and a laptop? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, when we find our children looking or, you know, teenagers, whatever, looking at porn, we're like, what do you, what do you think you're doing? You know, but we're doing it right. So do as I say, not as I exactly. do. Exactly. And my that's father, not a good model. My father's famous quote was do yeah. as I say, not as I do. And then he'd laugh. And of course yeah. it wasn't funny to me, you know, because I was watching him and saying, well, hell, you know, it seems like you're having a good time. Yeah. I'll smoke cigarettes and 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 get drunk and and and, uh, and jerk off to porn too. Yeah, and and that's why doing this work, we can become the example for the who we 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 become who we want to be, and yeah. and that example and inspiring you know our friends and family. What Something I wanna, that's what I want to stress is I promise the the listeners that you will not miss this shit. <laughs> You will not miss this. You will not only not miss it, but you'll see the intimacy and the love and the connected connectedness of you to life. And the good part about what I do is that most people that, that, that do well with me, which is most of them, because we don't keep people that don't do the work. We fire people if they're, if you're, you know, if you're not ready to do it, there's no reason for you to stay here. We're, we're, uh, you know, we're trying to get rid of people as soon as possible. Right. We're trying to teach you something. We're not trying to therapize you. We're trying to teach you to therapize yourself. But what most people find uh, when they get done with our work is they make more money mm. by default. Yeah. Because, because if you're not thinking about sex and feeling like a scumbag, 
oh, what the hell? I might as well work hard. And I, oh, by the way, I have some real cool ideas about how to get promoted or starting my own business, blah, 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 on and on. I've noticed that a lot. Self-esteem goes up. And, and I've noticed that a lot with people who become sober. For example, alcoholics, they right. get sober, they start a business. Before you know it, their bank account is, you know, they're making more money than they've ever thought they would. Right. One, one major tenet of your book is this idea of moving from fantasy to intimacy. And I thought that that was such a, a wonderful point because really that second look, all of these things, it's all fantasy. That's not real. Right. That's not how we interact with people. But right? that's our culture, our culture. That's why women walk around with the clothing that we wear. I mean, who, whoever right. came up with the idea of yoga pants should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know? Right. What, before we get into the, the, the sort of major two tenets, Something that has kind of helped me on my phone is, is getting uh, like free porn blockers, right? Because then, then that removes temptation. Do you know of anything, any good apps that can help with that? I don't, we don't subscribe to porn blockers because we want you to be your own porn blocker. Oh, okay. Because our, 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 uh, our, our experience is that if you get porn blockers, you will spend more time like twice, trying to find around it. Trying to find a way around it. Right. So anybody who That's comes to point. me says, well, I'll put a born blocker on. I said, I wish you wouldn't. Because okay. we're going to look at your mind. You, if we can get you to observe your mind and be objective about it without judgment and without criticism, it's just an affliction that you have. It's just like having a, having a cut on your hand. It's going to go away if you fix it. If you, mm -hmm. if, you know, if you wear a bandage or if you put some medication on it or whatever's wrong with you can be fixed. I mean, the good part is that this is all reversible and it's not the easiest thing in the world to change your mind because it's been such a big secret and, and there's so right. much uh, shame around anybody saying there's anything at all wrong with them psychologically. We're all screwed up. I tell people, if you bring anybody in the world into my office, anybody, I'll have them crying in 10 minutes mm. because there's something I'll find that makes that, that tears them up. Yeah. No matter how tough the guy is, if they walk in my office or if I do Skype with them, uh, I'm not trying to do it on purpose. Right. People eventually cry and they don't cry terribly in, in, in a bad way. They cry in a good way. You know, oh, yeah. crying is what I call emotional perspiration. I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I cried last week. I cried like ugly tears because I read I Will Love You Forever to my daughter. Right. If you don't cry when you read that book to your kid, I'm sending, I'm sending that person to you. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what are the two, uh, the two tenets of your book? You mean that you're not your mind and you can fix it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, uh, we use a, 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 a book called by Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, mm -hmm. called Practicing the Power of Now. It's a little heavy, and people recommended it to me for years, and I looked at it and said, holy shit, you know, that's too, too esoteric, it's too... It's, it's metaphysical. It's too new age, yeah. it's too blah, blah, blah. But when I finally sat down with it, I found a, Practicing the Power of Now is a cliff note version. 
you know, it's a shorter version of the power of now. And it teaches you pretty simply that you're not your thoughts, that you are conscious awareness and you have this software in your, uh, on your shoulder blades, you know, this hard drive that has software on it because this, uh, what you think is simply the uh, compilation of your history. Everything you ever saw, heard, tasted, touched, or, or smelled is, is on that hard drive. And the problem with it, and the good part is that, that it comes up instantly. Like when you come to a stop sign, you don't think I need to take my foot off the uh, gas and put you're reflexive. It or you'd be dead. You know? Yeah, you're reflexive. And when you leave the bathroom, you zip your pants. You don't think about, oh, I need to zip my pants. And when you- uh, um, and when I've forgotten you, uh, a few times. Huh? I said, I have forgotten a few times, but People you're right. It's but then, then that's the correction. Yes. Because yeah. when somebody comes up and says your flies down, yeah. um, you don't do it for a long time after that. <laughs> you re remember. That's so, right. Uh, but there's no orgasm involved in that. So people, it's harder for people to learn that you do not jerk off to porn because it's really not good for you or your relationship. I think that, that masturbating, you know, orgasming, drinking, all those things, it's a self-soothing right. thing. That's why we're doing it. Well, there's a healthy masturbation and we have single guys or, or guys whose wives are, are indis predisposed or indisposed to, to, to be able to have sex for whatever reason. Right. And we, we uh, it's pretty simple. You masturbate and you think about an available, appropriate human, human being, whether you're straight or gay. Right. And if you start thinking about a bunch of porn stars, because those people call here, porn stars call us, and they're a disaster. They're a mess. I'm not sure whether I said it on the last interview, but uh, I've had my three favorite porn stars of mm. my lifetime in all these years shot themselves in the head and are dead now. Yeah. And not because they were having a good time either, because it was horrible. So we refer porn people to appropriate people that help them. We don't particularly do that unless they really love our techniques, you know, and then anybody that wants to know that they're not their mind, right? fix it. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're addicted to. Those two principles, uh, you're not your mind, you, you, you know, you are conscious awareness and you can observe mind and get a leg up and then you can fix it by doing these dialogues, uh, you can, write yourself a new script. Those are the two principles that I stand by. Now, how many people would you say that you guys help a, a month? How many people do you help a month? Well, we get 25 or 30 calls a day. Holy smokes. Um, um, probably five of those are people that say, hey, I'd like to blow your dick. You yeah. Know, and that kind of stuff. Right. Prank calls. Well, you know, when they're absolute pranks, I hang up or I, I say something to them like, yeah. don't lose my phone number. You're going to need it someday and hang up. And then if it's if it's somebody who's 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 doing it, you know, like they're a woman that call up and say, I'd like to suck your dick. And so it used to be that I'd hang up and then I'd get and then, then it used to be that I'd get angry and hang up. Right. And then I finally said, started saying, well, why would you want to do that to an older man? Why don't you go to my website right now and look at my picture? 
why would a young woman like you want to do that to a nice, nice old man? I don't want to do that. I'm married to a wonderful woman. So why don't you talk to me about that? And about two in 10 cases, will, the women will start crying and say, I just want someone to love me or uh, something like that. And then I get, we get a good client out of it because then they break down and they sh you know, have the emotional perspiration of tears and uh, we can help them. And sometimes the guys, you know, if they're doing some weird thing with me or so there are a lot of guys that go, I want to talk to a woman. So I said, okay, well, how are you? This is George. <laughs> sometimes they'll start laughing, uh, and then, you know, seeing how, how silly and crazy this is uh, that they want to intrigue and, 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 uh, and, and do sexual crap with women, even at our place. And everybody's reaching out, no matter, even if it's a prank, somebody's reaching out for help. They may not know it yet. I'm no professional, but I think that the antidote to obsession, compulsive behavior, and addiction is, is community. Uh-huh. You know, well, connection. Healthy, healthy community. Healthy community. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why You're people go to church. You know, the only problem with church is that there's a lot of a lot of, you know, you wonder whether it's, because uh, I get a lot of, I, I work with, a, at least right now I have three ministers. Right. I'm working with, and, and a rabbi. So yeah. uh, this is, those people have problems too. And you read about it all the time where the church leaders fall. Yeah. It's easy, easy for them because people come to them, women come to them wanting help. And uh, if you're not careful, you end up in bed. Yep. And, and, and that's that, the, the sort of the power and the, the corruption of power piece, right? Before you know it, you've been, you've sexually assaulted women, right? Yeah. And there's a consequence for that. I don't know whether I mentioned the other day, but I don't think I did. I, there, a, a young girl called me about 16 from the Midwest. And she said that she was a, and she said she was some kind of a, um, she'd won a, what do you call it, prom queen. She was a prom queen. No, you didn't mention that. She was very immature, but very sweet and sad. And, and she said, I need to talk to somebody. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll hook you, you know, I'll, I'll hook you up with a, our female therapist. I'll have her call you. And she said, no, 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 I want to talk to a good man. And I'm on the other end of the phone saying, oh, shit, how good are you, George? You know, <laughs> you know everyone's, yeah. you know, I, I'm a man. You know, yeah. I have regular, regular reactions. It's just that I, I can, I'm watching, I'm also watching George's mind. Yeah. I could feel the warm glow starting, the normal warm glow when yeah. a young woman is going to tell you something sexual or walking around with her boobs hanging out. It, it happens to me. It's just that I have... You know, because I can observe it, I can control it. Right. So you're much more started, present. She started to tell me that her father and her brothers had all raped her and continued to do so, and that she was moving from her grandma's house to her other grandma's house. And I mean, she was trying to get away from it, but couldn't. And so, um, so I, I then asked her, well, what do you, you know, what else is going on? And I told her what I thought, you know, told her about child protection services in her community. Yeah. I offered to call them for her or with her. 
<clears throat> which we did. But uh, during that course of that conversation, she said, I said, and what are your other problems over this? And she said, well, I watch porn all the time. And then she started to proceed to tell me exactly what she did with her hands <clears throat> during the watching of the porn. Right. And I had to be very vigilant over George's body, yeah. <clears throat> George's history, uh, because I could feel that at the same time I was feeling these warm glow, I was being George, the, the counselor, George, right. the person, the good man. Pulling yourself back, right? Because you're going this way, that way. That was an amazing experience uh, to, to talk to somebody and come out the other side. It makes you feel bigger and better and stronger and, and, and cleaner and, and empowered. With, with all these things that you hear, all the stuff that you, know, you are kind of taking on, how do you stay so resilient? How are you still able to do this after 27 years? And, and by the way, no signs of slowing down. Well, it's a passion. I mean, it, mm. it's a passion for, and, and you know, you teach what you most need to learn. So every day right. I get to listen to people doing stuff that I used to do. Oh, of course, I didn't do the internet and all this other crazy stuff. But <clears throat> years ago, I would have died to, to be able to watch the things that people are watching now. Right. I'm the guy that was watching the, the National Geographic uh, Native African women and masturbating. So, uh, Today, you can watch what looks like the girl next door, which is probably just like that kid from the Midwest, some girl that was being raped in her house and <clears throat> took off out of the house and found her way to Hollywood where somebody picked her up and exploited her doing porn. Jesus. How's she doing now? Better. Yeah. Better, yeah. yeah. Well, George, that's that's good. I mean, that was a natural segue into what we're talking about, too. Right. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. I I I don't want to keep you from football. So, who's your team? Oh, uh, um, Niners. But we're having a bad year. Everybody's having a kind oh, of bad man. year. Oh man, I I'm an Eagles fan. So. Ah, yeah. I <laughs> but I was from New Jersey, so I was you know at, early on I was for the Giants. So. Oh, okay. Well, you're still my friend. Yeah. You're still my friend. Yeah. I love the Eagles, though. I love the fans. They're so, so, so completely nuts, you know? Yes. Yeah. Talk tough. about obsessive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, sports can do that. Sports can do that to you. Fanatic, you right? You hadn't noticed lately the politics are the same way. It's like oh, yeah. Republicans and Democrats are like, uh, like Eagles fans. And, and Cowboys fans, fans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just no love. I mean, nothing. Yeah. You don't even speak to those people and you beat their ass if you can. Which is further exacerbating what's going on when yeah. two sides are, are, are just not getting along. It's right. making everything so much more chaotic and depressing. Well, it's not workable. No. It's, yeah, it is, it's, the, the country isn't workable if yeah. people can't compromise. Even though it was corrupt and weird and crazy, yes. and maybe it was a swamp years ago, the two sides could go in a room and scream and yell and rant and rave and come out with some kind of a, some kind of a, a, a deal where both sides would get kind of what they wanted. You know who I, I have a lot of, if, if I lived in the States, I would be a, a Democrat probably, but uh -huh. uh, just based on what I see and how Canada is. But I have a lot of respect for John McCain and how he was 
in you do that, you know, yeah. Barack Obama, people would say, oh, he's, a, you know, he's an Arab, whatever. And he's like, no, no, no. He has the best intentions for this country. Well, I think and, that Joe Biden wants to do the right thing. I yes. Think, I, do. I think he wants to do the right thing. Yeah. He and wants to. He's the guy that can cross the aisle. He's the guy that can go across and say, look, guys, let's figure out. It's not that we can't do this. It's how can we? I think where you had left off was talking about the work that you're doing. Uh -huh. We're talking yeah. about the two things. We're talking about just to sum it up. You're not your mind and you can fix it. And so yeah. our idea here, and the only idea that's really gonna work, that's gonna be uh, useful and positive in the long term, is that if you fix it. So the smart, the only thing you, you've, got to, you, you've got to do is be your own therapist. And in order to do that, you have to be objective about your thinking. And it's very hard to be objective with your thinking because it's so damn fast. I mean, you know, it fast. It gets you to put your hand on your pants without even thinking. And it gets you to follow some woman or give her your business card or, or make a call or turn on your computer. And I mean, it gets you to do all that stuff. So we have to find a way for you to walk around as your essence, as your essential nature and and have a mind. And then after you, after you have that, then you can do these dialogues, these, uh, what, what we talked about earlier, and you can, um, you can actually write a new script for yourself because you have to. The old script wasn't working unless you like sitting in a dark room with your penis in your hands. Um, you know, that's, that's what you got. Well, so much of habit is, as, as we talked about, it's a learned thing. Right. And because there's time behind it, that's why we keep going back to it. Right. right. It's the consistent comfort. Nobody ever had a bad orgasm. They're fine. They're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's a peak experience. You don't get you don't have an orgasm when you get drunk. You don't have an orgasm when you do drugs. You don't have an orgasm when you eat chocolate cake. Right. But you do when you have sex. And my goodness, I mean, really, like I said, nobody ever had a bad one. And uh, they're fun to do. And. And, and you're going into, do you remember the term in the book, euphoric recall? No, I don't actually. Euphoria is, is peak experience, rush, high, right. you know, and like if you're a skier, you know, that great, that wonderful run that you had when you were 18 years old, where uh, it was perfect snow and mm. everything went just Chasing right. the dragon. Huh? Like chasing the dragon. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. chasing the high. That first high is always the best. Right, right. So, so mind is always thinking, I want to do that again. Let's replicate that again. Let's replicate that again. You had fun doing that. Oh, there's a woman with the boobs the size of the first orgasm. Let's look at that and, and pretend. Yeah, so. the, the other part, like the biggest part, I think, in our sort of addictions with sex is it's so locked in fantasy, you know, we're, we're married to somebody and marriages take work, you know, relationships take work. And we see, you know, this, this woman that we or person that we want to objectify. And we don't even think of them as human. We think of them as just an outlet. And in your book, you talk a lot about see them as a person. Right. And I think, wow, that's really, that's a transformative approach. Right. Well, you have to remember that what happens with people is that you meet a woman and the rhapsody starts. 
you know, there's a sexual component, there's a I don't know her component, there's a everything is okay, even the spider being on her leg is perfect uh, until you get married. And then what happens is that you say, uh, people talk about the, the term, the honeymoon's over. Yeah. What that means psychologically that nobody talks about is that you maternalize your wife. Mm -hmm. The fact is that you live with a woman, a mom and dad, probably most people, for 18 years. Right. And that's your definition of woman, even though you have boundaries and, you know, most people don't have sex with their wife, uh, with their mother, uh, except me, you know, and right. that perverted crazy situation. Uh, but what happens is that you get married and what happens when you get married? You stop having sex in the back seats of cars and anywhere you want and sneaking away and doing stuff and you live in the house. Now, what does that replicate? It replicates your family of origin. And unconsciously, you're, you're thinking, you're not thinking clearly, but you're, you're, you're in the world of this must be my mother. You know, oftentimes you've heard low, lower blue collar people talk about their wife as their old lady. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. My old lady means mom. And, and what people do unconsciously without knowing it is that they, they stop having quite so much interested in their wife because guess what their wife is saying to them? Hey, honey, could you take out the garbage? Which is what your mother used to say. Right. Hey, honey, could you get the groceries from in from the car for me, which is what your mother used to say. So unconsciously, you're resisting, you're resisting, you're resisting. And then when it comes time for bed, um, you don't want to be sexual with that person because they're a big pain in the ass. Right, right. Like mom used to be when you were growing up, when you were yeah. separating and individuating, when you were a kid, when you were rebellious. Oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to bring the groceries in. I, yeah, I mean, I see pieces of that. I mean, What, 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 I, what I think, too, is that when you're talking about when you're in this relationship, the thrill of it, right? Like, you know, like the, the euphoric recall, like, whoa, this is so new and exciting and, and having different partners in your brain. Right. You know, the dopamine in your brain is just going crazy. Right. Uh, but then when you really sit down and, and a relationship is work, right? Relationships yeah. are not easy, yeah. you know? Right, right. And and just yeah, having a one night stand with a lady or a person is like you know if it's not good it's whatever right there, there's no consequence and right. I think we like to I have liked to live my life uh, without the consequences you know that's why I did certain behaviors right that's why I you know but but when we live in consequentially or thinking that we do. The consequences are huge, right? Yeah. More than just hangovers. Yeah. Well, you really have to you really have to open and accept another human being for who they really are, not who you wish they were, or not some fantasy. Because yeah. women are going to belch and fart and do every other damn thing <laughs> that men do. They're, they're just yeah. human beings, and it's going to go on. And and they're they're going to be moody and angry and every other damn thing. And you you know the 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 true test of intimacy is how well you do with them under those circumstances and how well they do with you. Yeah. You really don't find out if you love somebody until, uh, uh, until they stink. 
you know, and, and, until they're angry, until yeah. they're until they're fussy, until and, conflict arises. You no know, things happen that are bad. And then, you know, my job is, and we do couples counseling here too, because obviously most of the women that are here that, that who are married to my guys are suffering from a, a form of post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Guess what, you know, because, you know, how would you like to find your, your, your wife masturbating to guys with big giant penises? Probably wouldn't be very happy about it. Right. Probably make you feel crappy. Well, and, and there is a degree of feeling like, are you familiar with the, uh, the, the, the author Bernier Brown? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and she talks about, we live in a culture where there's not enough. Like we never feel like we're enough. Well, remember and, in the book when I say you can't get enough of what will never satisfy you. Yes. There it well, is. That, yeah. Never. I mean, that's a bingo. bingo. There's not enough boobs. There's not enough yeah. people. You know, there's not enough strange looking things going on with poor women that are, you know, poor porn stars that are getting abused. Right. And yeah, we have porn, porn people and we, we have sex workers calling, oh, at least once or twice a month for help, you know, because it's not what you think it is. No. They're having a good time. Yeah. They're having a terrible time. Yeah, no, that's that's a romantic, like, I don't even want to use that word romantic, but it's, that's such a false, right. you know, reality. That's just not what it is. That, that's a fantasy, you know. Right. Right. And well, the three, other thing I, three, three, three of my favorite porn stars in my lifetime, starting many years ago, mm -hmm. uh, uh, three of, of these beautiful, sweet looking women have blown their brains out with a gun. And why do you think that is? It took the till the third one before I before I before I woke up and said, "Wait a minute." <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, the, something's real wrong here. Yeah. Well, obviously, like something is just missing, right? Right. And that was what I had talked about earlier before uh, we started recording, but. The nature of pornography is that it, I wonder what it does to the brain. And I, I mean, I don't know if in your book you talked about. Have you read, uh, 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 there's a book out, I can't recall the author's name for some reason, I should know it, but it's been a long day. Uh, it's called Your Brain on Porn. And so yeah. I would recommend that you at least go to Google and read the, uh, you know, the, the free sample and see if it's inter interests you because it's fascinating stuff. This guy works in that area. Right. He, you know, I don't do that. I, I do the more practical stuff like, are you gonna masturbate to porn tonight? And right. he, he, he talks about why. So. Well, because it's, it's messing up our perceptions of what having sex is, right? Yeah, of course, it ruins it, ruined. What 10 years ago, 10 years ago, the pornography that was out there, uh, you, you know, it, it might have been seen as extreme. Now it, that's like soft porn, right? Right. And, it, and it's almost like it's normalizing things that now it has to be even more extreme and more extreme. And it's like. I had a guy, uh, uh, I'll, I'll just call him Jeff from Cleveland. Sure. Jeff from Cleveland called about two months ago. And I recognized his voice and I said, Jeff, haven't you called before? And he says, yeah. 
I said, but you didn't sign up. He said, nah. I said, well, what, why are you going to sign up today? He said, I just caught myself online, uh, you know, uh, watching a woman try and put a lobster up her ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's too much information even for me. Yeah. yeah. So, You've come to the right place, Jeff. And now Jeff signed up and he's doing fine. Yeah. It took that before before he realized this is insane i'm being insane this is not this is not the right stuff i am i'm killing myself and 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 the people that, that i work with end up making way more money after they leave because uh, their self-esteem goes up a hundred thousand percent their fear goes away their shame goes away their self-doubt goes away, their judgment goes away, their anger goes away. And guess what? They've got lots of time now mm -hmm. and they can start thinking about how cool they are and right. some of the ideas they had for making a good living or really paying attention to the job they have that they might like and, and get promoted. So it, it never fails that people do well. Well, and, and that's a really good point because they're being more mindful Right. in in what they're doing you know because porn addiction any addiction it's that's what the mind is consumed by sure and that's where it's going all the time yeah sure. and when you can rewire your brain right even just by using your strategies like um as i mentioned you use some pretty unorthodox uh strategies that i love these anecdotal stories but knowing the signs like when I'm feeling stressed out, that's when I want to act up. So right. what can I do differently? Well, we remember this term, HALT, H-A-L-T. It's an acronym for hurt, angry, lonely, and tired. Right. And when you're hurt, angry, lonely, and tired, for sure, if you're a sex addict, you're going to reach down your pants. So somehow, uh, uh, and maybe, maybe have three cheeseburgers on top of it. Right. So uh, that's what, that, that's, and there are other signs. Each of my clients has different triggers, and and we do a thorough uh, a, a thorough assessment of that person's mind uh, mm -hmm. before we even start working with them to find out how can we both, but how can I manipulate that person's mind in a way that's going to bring them peace and joy, and serenity and abundance and prosperity, rather than fear and shame and pain and self-doubt and judgment and criticism and anger and a handful of glue. I mean, right. you don't need that. You don't need that. Yeah. That's what a kid would do. And well, and, and that's another thing that you talk about is this kind of almost inner child work. Right. And in the hurt, the shame, the anger, it's just, it's such a, uh, it's such a constant, right? It's just, it's never ending. Right. You know, I feel bad because I feel bad. So I'm going to keep it's feeling a, It's bad. an addictive loop. You know, yeah. The, yeah. The loop uh, until you break the cycle, which is the name of the book, Breaking the Cycle. Right. Um, uh, until you break that uh, addictive loop, you're just going to loop. You're, that's what you do. You loop. Yeah. And your addict is just waiting to jump on the carousel. Okay, I'm here. Right. We can have some fun now. You know, you're feeling lousy. I know what to do. And once again, returning back to the author, the, uh, the, the guy who did the audio book, 
and yeah. saying like he just did such a wonderful job as the inner psyche because it's always trying to normalize and rationalize our behaviors like oh it's fine but then when you're done you realize oh i'm late for work oh i i don't want to go out and do anything anymore because i feel so shitty mm -hmm. you know all these things right yeah. there's one story that i loved in your in your book and that was when you you were working i think with a, a software tech engineer you know or whatever you, you, I, not protecting his anonymity but he went to go pick up a, a prostitute and you were in the car with him in the back seat yeah in the back seat. yeah yeah can you do you mind sharing this this story no 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 i mean i couldn't get this guy to stop prostitutes for anything in the room when we, right. because he was a local guy uh this was years ago and uh i did all kinds of manipulations and tricks and cool stuff and you know it was getting better and better and better uh but uh one day i just got frustrated and i said you know we're gonna meet uh in Oakland, uh, down on San Pablo Avenue, where you know, where we we both know where the hookers hang out, and I said uh, I'm going to drive in there, and you pick me up in your car, and I'm going to sit in the back seat, and we're going to go pick up a, a, a you're going to drive around just like you normally do, and you're going to find a hooker that you think is 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 someone that you'd like to have sex with, mm -hmm. and he said, no no I don't want to do that, and you know, he knew you know something was up, uh, and it, it's astounding you know who would do that you know right. You know, I do what it takes to get people well, and and once once we blow this thing apart, it's not going to play the same way. Your software changes. So this he went around and he saw this woman. She got in the car, and so I started asking questions. I said, you know, how, do you really like to have sex with men? And and uh, she looked back and she was worried, you know, that we're going to beat her up or kill her or some horrible thing, which could happen to her. Uh, we were in Oakland, and it wasn't it wasn't a pretty area. And I said, "No, you're you're perfectly safe." I said, "Because uh, she thought we were both going to have sex with her because there were two men in the car, right. and she was good to go with that as long as there was double the money." Yeah. Uh, I said, "No, I'm I'm here to help my you know this, this this man here." And I said, "I need you to be perfectly honest with me. We'll pay you." And I said, "Give her the money now." He says, "I don't give her the money until after, and I'll give her the money now." Right. So he gave her the money, 150 bucks or some something, uh, and I said, "Tell, tell him uh, if you really want to have sex with him, look at him, look at it." And then I had him look at her. I said, "Look at each other." I said, "Do you want to have sex with this guy?" And she started crying and sobbing, and and I, I mean, just went to pieces. Yeah. And then she told the story of how her father had sex with her and her brothers had sex with her, and I mean, it was an unholy mess at her house, and. Uh, and uh, I think I talk, I don't know if I talk about it in the book. I can't recall right now about the story, but I later went to his wedding and stood in the back. I mean, I don't, I stood in the back and, yeah. and just waved as he walked by with her and he winked at me. So, and he's, um, most of the people that I work with, we work for um, 16 weeks once a week, and then we go to every two weeks, and then we go to once a month, and then we go. The whole idea is to get rid of you as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to make it any clearer. Right. You know, we're not here to put our goods through college on your money. And that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, that's what people did to me, and I didn't appreciate it. So, uh, so we're here to help you. Now, some people, it takes longer. It's more than 16 weeks. And I've had people who want to talk to me every week for, the, for four years because I'm a smart guy and I have my degrees in psychology. It's not in sex addiction. So uh, you're always going to get 
a bang for the buck because I'm going to make your I'm going to find something screwed up about you and make it right. So, so uh, and everybody has problems. There's a, they don't go away just because yeah. they don't have a sex addict addiction. The the other piece that I loved about that story um, is that for that that uh, sex worker you you helped get her off the street right. like you gave her a number and, right. and she reached out because she realized that you right. know this isn't she saw that there was a way out well she's doing fine now by the way yeah. really if you don't mind my asking not are you good, not as good as a lot of people but yeah her, she, she doesn't have anything to do with her family she's moved to another part of the state and she's she has a, a really good a job that she likes she went to school you know, it's a blue collar job. Yeah, she loves it. And she's got a, 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 a young son and a very, very devoted and, and thoughtful husband. Now. Wow. How long ago did the story happen? Oh, God, 25 years. Yeah. So in your practice, I mean, because because I, I, I remember hearing this and I'm like, well, this is like something out of a movie. What's the craziest story you've you can recall about the work that you've done? Because you're dedicated to, to, to helping people, you know, you don't want their money. You, you want them to have a better life. So what's the craziest yeah, story? I don't know about crazy, but the one I think is the funniest and the coolest that I like is that I had a, a, a professional football player come to me from one of the local teams many years ago. And, and he did good. He was a porn guy. He yeah. Didn't do real people. But he was married and, uh, and there was a, again, a place in Oakland that he used to like to go to, to get porn. And this were the days before, really before computers were, you know, mm. were really cooking. Uh, so you had to go to a, somewhere to get real hardcore porn. And so he would go to this place. And finally one day uh, I was having, again, a hard time. He was a hard, hard case. And I said to him, I want you to go to the porn shop uh, on uh, whatever street it was. And I said, I want you to walk in and I want you to, uh, behind the counter, you're gonna see a guy. And behind the guy uh, uh, leaning against the wall is gonna be a baseball bat. And you're, I want you to turn away from the guy and I want you to look at the aisles of porn, where a bunch of guys in there looking at it. And I want you to scream as loud as you can. I hate this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I can't do that. Uh, I said, oh, of course you can. I said, that's your homework. I said, you're good at your homework, so you're going to go do it. And he, you know, we argued and laughed and, and, and he said, I, I won't be able to do it. And but about two hours later, I got this telephone call and the guy's uh, on, a, on a call and he's on a cell phone. And <clears throat> I hear a bunch of people laughing and hooting and hollering behind him. <clears throat> and I said, what's going on? He said, I did it. I said, well, what, what do you mean you did? He said, well, I got, I got uh, uh, into the porn shop. I turned my back and I screamed, hate this shit. Oh, by the way, I told him you got to run out of the porn shop real quick because the guy's got to pick up the baseball bat. Right. He said, the guy picked up the baseball bat and I ran like hell out of the, out of the place. And I said, well, who are the other people? He said, they were in there too. And, and we're all laughing and talking about how stupid it was and we're going to go have dinner now. <laughs> and and this was a guy who was pretty well known in our area right and, uh, and uh we got a few new recruits from that from that uh from that intervention that i made so that's pretty good promotion well 
<laughs> the way I started my business, I had my business cards made into sticky notes and I went into all the adult theaters and paid to get in. I walked by the what they were doing and went right. in the men's room and stuck them in the toilets and, and on the mirrors. And I went to porn shops and stuck them up there too. So a week after I put those sticky notes up, I had a full, full client load. And I've never had any shortage of clients since that time. With the, with the way that, because sex shops, you know, porn shops and things like that. I mean, that's never how I accessed anything. Everything right. was on the right. internet for right. me. Right. Accessibility has changed. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you address that? Well, I mean, I had, uh, I think the one of the, one of the most difficult cases I had was uh, I got a call about a, two months ago from an 11 year old kid. Mm. And, he, uh, and I could tell it was a kid. And, and he said, why is the man peeping on the lady's face? And so I had to tell him, I wanted to make sure it was a, wasn't a crank call. Yeah. When I ascertained it, it really was a kid. I said, how are you so smart that you could find me? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid. We know how to do this stuff. Said, okay. Well, I said, you're a hero. You're smart. You're talking to the guy with the best-selling book in the world on sex addiction and porn addiction. And you're talking to me. And he said, oh, hi, my name's so-and-so. Yeah. What's your name? I said, well, my name's George. And I said, well, the man isn't actually peeping. <laughs> and then I kind of explained to him, but I said, I need to talk to your mother. Right. And so he said, I can't tell my mother because she'll beat me. And so I said, no, no, she won't beat you because I'm right here. Right. I, I won't let her beat you. So he went and gets his mother. And of course, she gets there and she's all hysterical and pissed off and upset and tell, telling me she's going to beat his ass, you know. Yeah. And I said, dear, you're not going to beat his ass or else I'm going to have child protection services over there in about 10 minutes. Right. So this kid's a hero. And I said, what you are going to do is that when your husband gets home tonight, you're going to have a talk with him and you're going to include sex and, and love and connection. And you're going to tell him why it's not a good idea and what really is going on in this world, the best you know. And if you need more help, you call me and I'll talk to the three of you or we'll Skype. So, so here's a little kid who, who has the courage and the brains, which most don't, you know, yeah. they're wrapped up in their little world and, and they're too embarrassed to call. And here's a kid who's, this kid's probably gonna, gonna end up being a CEO of a major company. If he's right. you know? Anyway, he wasn't peeping in the lady's face, as you know, it was yeah. something that no woman really wants but what they make you believe they want in the porn movies. Crazy. That's a really good point. It's like, again, going back to this, the, the fetishization, the fantasization, whatever. That is not, you know, you, you talk to most women, you talk to you, right? That's not what they want. Right. You know. No, no, nobody wants that. But now the thing about the, the, the porn shops is there was that shameful piece of, you know, you had to go in there, right? right? You had to go in there. You had the chance of being seen. Whereas now everything is, you know, you could access it on your phone like that, right? No, but there and, are people that still want that because they have, you know what glory holes are? Yeah. Well, yes. 
I've never seen one and I'm certainly not looking, but I know what that is. Yeah. yeah they have holes in the walls of the, yeah. the porn booths where you're looking at videos and you can put your penis through and yeah. somebody on the other side, I don't know who it would be, yeah. have oral sex with your penis. And so there are still some people that wanna, that even heterosexual men, right. more than you'd believe, will let a, another man uh, have, you know, do oral sex on them. It's, it's wild stuff, you know? And there are people that still want the physical part rather than just be in a dark room with a Kleenex, you know? So. Right, right. But going on to the, the internet, the, the, the pornography on there and just the accessibility. And again, it's becoming so extreme. It's like, how do we, how do we address that? Because it's like, I, I, you know, like you said, the split second thinking, I'm just going to go on it and I'm, it's over in five minutes, but I feel shitty for hours. Right. right. So how do we solve that? Because again, going, going to the, the amount of time that you could be like, you could be meditating one minute, you know, like mindful meditation. And then right after you could be on a porn site, right? Because find a way to demystify mm -hmm. your conditioned response. Right. Well, the, you know, what I tell people and it's absolute truth is that we never ever needed as much sex as we think we do. We men ever, we just do it because it's fun and we have an orgasm and we got in the habit and it's euphoric. But once you realize that you didn't need as much sex and you really get that you didn't need much sex, what we do need is, is, is uh, touching and holding and squeezing and rubbing and connection and, and laughing and, and communicating with, with women or if you're gay, with yeah. a, a partner. So uh, uh, what you have to do is find a way to uncondition yourself and what my book does. I don't know why other people aren't copying my book. It's amazing. It's hard to do. I mean, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to understand that you're not your mind. It's really hard to get that because your mind is so fast and it, and it has you believing your own story. You know, which is, if you know, if you watch television, you, you might watch a show and, and see, boy, that's a horrible story. I wouldn't want to be that guy. But you're walking around doing that. You're walking around that guy that nobody wants to be. And so, so you've got to burst the bubble. And what I do here and what the book does is burst the bubble uh, that, you know, that of who you think you are. Who are you really? You know, when people come here, I say, who are you? Why are you here on this planet? And what do you want to do about that? You know, who are you really? Not who, who we're not, not how are you conditioned? It's not about whether you, uh, whether you eat too much or have too much sex or drink too much or work too, too much or run too much. It's, it's who are you really? Right. The your, essence. Your essence, your essential nature. And none of us, none of us are, uh, we, we were born sex addicts. We were conditioned to, to need uh, extra stimulation or to um, anesthetize ourselves from our surroundings. My house was so freaking crazy. Right. Right. I would do anything to alleviate the tension of not knowing if my mother was going to come in my room and want me to play with her breasts. Did you now, since 
and, and, and you talk about this, your parents in your book, did you ever come to terms with them? Did you ever sort oh, yeah. of have? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as I could, they were both, they, they never got well. So right. there wasn't going to be something. You had to draw the line with them. There wasn't going to be something, some great opening where they're going to say, oh my God, I, we, I know how bad, how terrible it must have been. But yeah. my mother, my mother knew. I, I was able to talk to her around it. You know, I, I didn't want to hurt the poor wretched woman, you know. Right. But, but, and so I talked around it because I know psychobabble and I can, I can frame things so that she understood, but, but wasn't tortured by the fact that she ruined my brother and my life for a period, for a long period of time until we both got it together. And my father finally watched both my graduations because I, I didn't go to college until way late, right? right? My father told me I was stupid, just like my mother must have been a thousand times. And I believed it. And so I didn't get an undergraduate degree till I was in my fifties uh, and, and my graduate degree soon after that. Uh, no, he came to both, uh, he did come to both graduations. It was amazing. And about a month after my graduation, when I had my practice started, he fell to his knees in front of me, put his arms around my legs, looked up and said, you've helped so many people and I've helped no one. And wow. he started crying. And I, well, what can I do? I just patted him on the head and, and you know, said, don't worry about it, dad. But three months later, he sat in a bathtub and put a, put a butcher knife in his neck and bled out. So, so what kind of a person must he have been in my lifetime that he would stab himself to death in the bathtub? That's what kind of father I had. Fuck. So, I mean, it wasn't easy uh, being me. It wasn't easy being him. And for the last year of his life, I knew that he was suicidal. And I spent an hour of the every morning with him from 5 a.m. till 6, trying to teach him what I know. Mm. Uh, this was before my graduation, and I didn't have it all together like, right. I did, like I did after I graduated and wrote the book and everything. So, Why? You now, everybody's got a story like that. It isn't yes. just sad or dramatic. But, but, you know, mom and dad can't get it right. They didn't have a master's degree or a PhD in child, child rearing. And so they screwed up. And the question is, how did they screw up and how did it impact you? Do you eat too much? Are you angry all the time? Are you fearful all the time? How's your self-esteem? Did your parents tell you you could do anything you wanted to do and support that? Did they explain sex and intimacy and love and connection? Probably not. So what, what is the cure to, to sex addiction? You know, what, just, what is that aha moment? Aha moment. Well, the aha moment comes when people call me and they get help me. Yeah. Get when they finally reach out and say, I need help. I just had a guy call me. He was just sobbing after he talked to me. And so I think he's going to get it. He doesn't get it right now. But what he got was a, an older man that is willing to listen to him. And that makes some damn sense to him rather than watching his mother and father fight all the time. Mm. and get drunk so he had an aha moment and will continue if he signs up with me he will continue to have more aha moments until he becomes who he really is not who he thought he was because the guy most people are filled with potential that goes completely wasted that's a, yeah 
Well, the other piece too, is that when we're living in this sort of fantasy world, it's only so long until we act on those fantasies and that can really have some serious negative. Well, it's a pro progressive disorder. What you don't- Progressive disorder, yeah. Well, it, like we said, things, as things get more extreme, they become normal and then we gotta keep pushing the boundaries. Well, in case you hadn't noticed on Pornhub and all these sites, in the right-hand column and down on the bottom, there are cooler, better, hotter things to do. Right. Money. And if you push those buttons, that's where you start to degrade worse and worse and worse. I mean, you know, uh, my understanding is uh, I, I do go to porn sites on pe with people now. What I do, and uh, I've got a big screen in my office when we used to see people, and I would ask them their favorite porn site. And then when we, uh, they'd say, what are you going to do? I'd say, oh, we're going to watch some porn together. <laughs> and I'd watch porn together and I'd look at it and say, mm, my God, it looks like that woman has hemorrhoids, wouldn't you say? Like, no. <laughs> right, right. And, and demystify it. So yeah. Once you watch porn with George, you never, you really don't want to watch. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like something for the bucket list. I got to watch porn with George Collins. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what would you have to say to the people listening who might be struggling with something like this? Um, there's help. There's, mm. there's something to do. You know, if you don't have a nickel to your name, you can go to one of the S groups. Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous, there's three main groups. You can go and sit with a bunch of guys and tell war stories. There's no professional help there, but that's how I started. I had no, I had no money. And I went with a group of people, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, and I, I got really, you know, I, I, I got good at it. I mean, I, I sponsored people, they sponsored me and then I sponsored others and it, it didn't get me over the top. That's why I continued and went to graduate school because I had to know more. All it all it does is it's it's a wonderful, wonderful band-aid. A wonderful band-aid. And it's a community, right? Again, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're not the only one. Yeah, yeah, you're not the once once you let the cat out of the bag, yeah, it gets easier. And it, then it gets easier to look for therapy. You just have to be careful not to just get a babysitter who's just gonna who doesn't have any answers. Because really, honest to God, as far as I know, honest to God, the only person that's going to fix you is you. And whoever's listening to this podcast, uh, that's the only person that's going to, going to get this done. And, you know, you can have good talks with people and you can, you can uh, learn a lot, yeah. but it has to translate into action. And, and you, you know, like I tell people, you know, when they first answer the phone, I say, hey, Bob, how'd your week go? You keep your hands above your waist, you know? And, and, and uh, you know, that's what we do. Because we're, what we do here is have some fun too. We're, we're not, we've all been sex addicts. The two guys that work for me have gone through my program the hard way. They were both successful businessmen. And, and uh, but they, once they, once they got well, they said we wanted, they wanted to dedicate their life to this like, like I do. If people call, if, if people, if I'm working with people, it's it's way different than traditional therapy. You can call me anytime. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'll answer, you know, because I know how hard it is to stop this in the moment. Wow. And, and if you got the nerve to call me before you go in that dark room with your Kleenex, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back as quick as I can or text you and, and say something funky 
that will get you to stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, the, the other thing is that during COVID, you have people who, you, you, we've talked about, you know, these groups, the Alcoholics Anonymous, Sex Anonymous, you know, people that were doing good in their, their story of recovery, COVID right. happens, and so many people have relapsed. Right. What? Well, they're trying to do online stuff, and, and yeah. it's effective, and a lot of people just don't want to do it. Hmm. We're, we're doing fine. I mean, yeah. we're, 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 you know, the, the COVID thing has been, quote, great for our business. Right. It's more men are staying home and their wives are catching them in the, in the, in the spare room, you know, with, with, you know, with, with their computers. And, uh, and it's bringing out a lot of bad stuff in, in men uh, because they can't go see their girlfriend. They can't go to a prostitute. They can't, can't go to a strip club. And uh, so it's, it's kind of messy, but we're getting a lot of calls, I can tell you that. Probably 20 calls a day. Oh, wow. But most of the people, when I tell them, because I'm, I'm straight up with people, um, I, when I tell them what they have to do, they usually hang up. Sometimes they say dirty words and hang up. So. Uh, what, and what do they have to do? What's that? What do they have to do? What do you mean? Because when you're straight with them, when they call you up and, and you're right to the point with them, what is it that you tell them? I just tell me, you know, I tell them what we do. I, first of all, I, 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 I do a, an assessment of their situation for free. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to anybody that calls for 15, 20 minutes, even if you're, um, unless you're pranking me. Right. You know, yeah. It's just a waste of time. Yeah. But, but if you're serious, even if you're screwed up and can't get help that day, I'll talk to you and I'll, I'll set that, I'll, I'll start to ignite the, the fire you know, put a spark to you. And, and uh, I need to find out uh, a bunch of things. I need to find out how old you are, uh, whether you're married or single, straight or gay, uh, kind of what kind of work you do so I can talk to you that way. Because I talk to a lawyer from New York different than I do a bricklayer from Cleveland. Right. So, uh, so I need to find out who you are. Well, once, once people realize that I actually care what happens to them. Yeah. Well, we actually do care here what happens to you. Well, your level of caring is what has you caring for others and helping others is, is, I reckon, is what has kept you sober. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, you can't talk to people about, about, about all this stuff all day long and then go out and jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, of course. But like anything in life, when you're helping people, you feel good about it. Well, we, we, we say we teach what we most need to learn. Exactly. Right. So lastly, how can somebody today who's listening to this and they're like, damn, I need to talk to George. How can they reach you? Oh, well, just uh, uh, you, you can go to our website, Nulia, N-E-U-L-I-A.com, Nulia.com. Nulia.com. Lots of free, free, good stuff. And there's videos on there of me. Uh, uh, Everybody should go look at the video where I I'm, I went, I got asked to go up to Sacramento to do a TV show and they were gonna have a famous porn star I was gonna debate. And I got up there and it was Nina Hartley, my favorite porn star. Oh my God, I almost peed my pants. You know? <laughs> and so I threw, my, threw away my prepared script, you know, what I was thinking I was gonna say. And I just shot from my heart, so. Uh, anybody wants to watch that? Oh, okay, I got to check that out. 
Yeah. So it was anyway, like an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so what uh, uh, what people can do is to is to uh, use the resources on the site uh, and then give us a call. You know, awesome. and, you know we're, we're you know if we don't answer, we'll call you back. Don't be bashful. And nobody here, you know, you know, nobody here is gonna gonna make fun of you. Yeah. We all we've all done worse shit than you. So so uh, or, or at least thought of doing the worst shit. Uh, you know, there's nothing that you haven't done or thought of that we haven't thought of. Thought of. So uh, we're we're pretty safe. And just leave a message, and and if I can't get to you, I'll have either Daniel or 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 uh, James call you. Uh, especially if I get a sense, if you leave a message, and I get a sense that one of those two guys would be better for you, uh, then I'll have them call you. And you guys can have a good talk, and and uh, there's no charge for an assessment. You just call up and and find out. Uh, where you're at and we'll tell you what we do and what the costs are and all that stuff and because we charge money for finding what we do um, we have to support our families too so of course yeah you can also just go out and get the book the book is a self-help book it's just hard to do on your own you know a lot yeah. of people buy the book and they read it but they only read it with their minds you know you have to read this book with your heart you have to read this book with your essence it has to touch you so one of the things we do here is make people read. Um, if you work with me, you start on chapter one, first week. Chapter one, you tell me, you, you, you email me, what am I saying in chapter one? And number two, how can it help you? And when you do that to my satisfaction, we go to chapter two. Because we have to install the new software. Yes. Well, and, and that's such a big part of rewiring our brains is that... Yeah. Like I said, the habits that we've had, you know, I've been, I've been me for 31 years and now I want to be a new me. Right. Well, that's you don't know how to do it. Like anything else, you don't know how to do it. You can, you don't know how to, you don't know how to use a skateboard until you practice. Exactly. You don't know how to drive until you practice. So we'll just help you learn how to, how to drive yourself correctly without accidents. Well, George, thank you so much for your time, your insight. And uh, we'll be sure to check out your most recent book is Breaking the Cycle, correct? Breaking the Cycle, yeah. The most recent book is Breaking the Cycle, the workbook. The workbook. If you don't want to get that, you want to read the big book first. Breaking the Cycle, the workbook is brand new. And it's all this stuff I wasn't able to cram into uh, Breaking the Cycle, the, the big book. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. Okay. Um, I, I know you're a super busy guy, but let's keep in touch, okay? You take care. I'm always here. All right. Okay. Much bye. love from Canada. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay, take care. Pray, pray for us up there, will you? <laughs> I won't say I, I will. You got it. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, buddy. Once again, that was George Collins on porn, sex addiction, and how to get back to who we are, to our our essence. I really loved what he said about intent and some of the strategies. I do think that, that in our society, we struggle with objectifying others, objectifying ourselves on social media. The, the, the pictures that we portray of our lives isn't exactly an accurate one. It almost is more based in fantasy. So how can we get from fantasy back to intimacy? Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode.
Be sure to share it with friends and family if you enjoyed it, and leave us some feedback at robsprobablywrong at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.